Okay, so as we continue learning Shara Yichud Ve'amuna, and we're in, still holding in the introduction, the Chinuch Katan, and we began discussing already the idea that we're educating ourselves to have emotions for Hashem, to be able to have an inner, deeper connection to Hashem. So as we did that, the Alter Rebbe began explaining that there are two different, generally two different types of love of God. The love of God of tzaddikim, those that are completely able to subjugate their body and allow their soul to come out and to just express itself in a way like a flame going up to its source. But then there's most of us, most other people, that they have, that we have to uh, meditate and work on our consciousness becoming more conscious of God because, because we're not at that state that the soul is able to express itself in its natural way. So we have to meditate, we have to work on meditating and being able to come to those feelings of love and fear of Hashem. And yesterday, the Alter Rebbe said <clears throat> that there's, that he's, there's a general way of meditating on love of Hashem, and that's the meditation of Nafshi Ivisicha, which we clarified as a Pasuk in Yeshaya, that you, God, are my soul, and therefore I desire you. Because you, God, are my soul, therefore I desire you as a person desires their own life, by reorienting and re-understanding that the life force that they feel in them is Hashem, that will cause that the self-love that a person naturally feels will be to themselves will be to Hashem because that's who we feel that we are in the deepest way. And now the Alter Rebbe continues. We're holding in the middle of a paragraph where that begins the second is a love. We're holding by the words, or in a particular way. So you notice that before when he mentioned the meditation of meditating that God is our life, he called that a general way, a general meditation. Why is that a general meditation? The answer being because in a meditation that's something that everyone is exactly the same. In other words, in other words a meditation that everyone has that same life force and therefore because everyone has that same life force, everyone could have that meditation generally in the same way. But now he gets into what he calls a particular meditation. A particular type of meditation that is not going to be the same for everyone, that's going to be different for people in different ways as we're going to learn. So let's see it inside. Or in a particular way, another way of meditating on Hashem, in a particular way, when he will understand and comprehend the greatness of the King of Kings, the Holy One, blessed be He in detail, to the extent that his intellect can grasp and even beyond, so that's why it's already, we see it's a particular way, because this is already something that's based on, um, uh, based on and, and, and uh, according to the perspective of how much a person, parallel to how much a person is able to perceive the greatness of God. The greatness of God, that you meditate how great, the greatness of the King, blessed be He, in detail to the extent that His intellect can grasp and even beyond, not only to... Un, not only to understand God, how godliness is within everything and within the world, but even to allow your mind to allow to understand how God is beyond what your intellect can grasp. So in other words, to, in, to grasp the greatness of the king and beyond what your mind could grasp, and then he will contemplate, contemplate God's great and wondrous love to us. 
And that's essentially a love that, that the Alter Rebbe already explained in chapter um, uh, 46 of Tanya. So let me speak about it a little outside. Let me summarize it outside a little because then it'll be a little easier for us to understand what he's saying over here. So in chapter 46 of Tanya, the Alter Rebbe brought a Pasuk for Mishle, a verse from Proverbs, Like face shows face in water, so is the heart of one person to another person. Like one face shows to another face in water. Water in those days is what we would call a mirror. That's the idea of like, we have a mirror. When, when you look in a mirror, what face do you see in the mirror? Whatever face you show. Whatever face you show in the mirror, that's the face that you're going to see. If you see. If you show a happy face, you'll see a happy face. If you show a sad face, you'll see a sad face. So the Alta, so and King Solomon, Shlema Melech says in Proverbs, Cain leva adam el adam. So is the heart of one man to another. That the way that you're, how do you make that another person should feel to you, based on what your heart feels to them? Your heart is what inspires a love to somebody else. In other words, like they say, when you have an enemy, to kill him with kindness. That the best way to get somebody that doesn't like you to like you is to like them. Because kemayim hapanim alpanim, just like in water, one face elicits the response of another face, that the face responds to whatever you're showing. So to the heart of you, the heart of man, what causes that another person should have feeling towards you? It depends what your heart feels. So, so to the altar explained in chapter 46, that's when it comes to even human beings. When it comes to even two human beings together, so the, the response of the other person is going to be based on what you feel. How much more so, he said, when it comes to meditating on God's great love for us. That another way to elicit love in our heart is to meditate how much God loves us. The more a person can meditate how much God loves us, that's going to cause that, is going to reciprocate in your heart a love to Hashem. Now that's not always easy because very often we sometimes have a hard time feeling that God loves us because very often we project onto God the way we feel about ourselves or the way that other people we feel feel about us and our own insecurities, etc. So it's not always easy to meditate on God's love for us. So therefore the Alter Rebbe says that we have to learn from the sources how in the Torah it says clearly how much God does love us. So as much as we believe in Torah, we have to believe in God's love for us. So that's what he goes on to say. <clears throat> he says, Then you will contemplate God's great and wondrous love to us. So first he says on a historical perspective, meaning to the whole Jewish people as a whole, and then he's going to speak about it on a more individual level, Hashem's love to each and every one of us individually. Then he will contemplate God's great and wondrous love to us to descend to Egypt, the obscenity of the earth. Egypt was known as the obscenity of the earth, and yet we know that God descended to Egypt to bring our souls out of the iron crucible, which is the Sitra Achra. The Sitra Achra means the other side, the side of evil, the side of negativity. And that is what Egypt, of course, um, symbolizes. 
And yet Hashem, in His infinite glory, His infinite essence, descended down to Egypt, the iron crucible, may the All-Merciful spare us, to bring us close to Him and to bind us to His very name, and He and His name are one. To meditate that Hashem, that that's really what Torah mitzvahs are all about, that Torah mitzvahs is that Hashem is allowing us, each and every one of us have our own individual Egypt. Because again, Egypt is not just a general thing historically, but it also means each and every one of us in our circumstances in our life, that Hashem comes to us in that place where we are. And like we said in the Haggadah, He doesn't send a messenger, He doesn't send an angel. God Himself in His essence comes down to us in any Egypt we find ourselves to bring us close to Him and to bind us to His very name and He and His name are one. That is to say, He elevated us from the nadder of degradation and defilement to the acme of holiness and to His infinite greatness may be blessed. That's historically what Hashem did when we were in Egypt. And if you meditate on this, then, as in water, face reflects face. That's the Pusik we mentioned before from Mishlei. So it is the heart of man to man, that the love of one man for another awakens the response in the heart of his friend. So, so too, when, when you meditate, how Hashem comes down to you, how Hashem, no matter which Egypt you're in, no matter where you are, through Torah mitzvahs, or through emunah, through belief in Hashem, Hashem comes down to you in your place. Then, because in water, face just like in water, face reflects face, love will be aroused in the heart of everyone who contemplates and meditates upon this matter in the depths of his heart, to love God with an intense love and to cleave unto Him heart and soul as was explained at length in its place, meaning in chapter 46 in Tanya. And as that, 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 the Alter Rebbe is trying to say to us that therefore the more we meditate on these two things, you have to meditate on one hand no matter how low you are. That's why this is the particular way of meditation. This is not the same for everyone. Because on one hand you're meditating whatever Egypt you're in, which uh, every person has their own particular subjective Egypt, whatever it is, and you're meditating on the greatness of Hashem, the more that you could perceive the greatness of Hashem, the more that this love is going to be aroused in you as a reciprocated love. So, it's almost like the first love that we spoke about, the first type of meditation is the nafshi visicha, that God is your soul. But now you're meditating even in a deeper way that no matter what Egypt you fall into, whether it's a geographical Egypt, an existential Egypt, or impure and the impurity of Egypt, and then you meditate on Hashem's greatness, the greatness of Hashem, how great Hashem is, and that He comes down to you, into you, no matter how far down you are. Says the Alter Rebbe further, it is this love. Now the Alter Rebbe wants to show, he's going to show that this idea that we're talking about now, this kind of love of meditating on, how, on, on Hashem's love for us, that's the type of love that Moshe Rabbeinu, that in Chumash Moshe himself tells us about. It is this love which Moshe, our teacher, peace unto him, wished to implant in the heart of every Jew in the section, Va'ate Yisrael. Va'ate Yisrael. And if you remember, we were speaking about that the, the beginning of Chinuch Koten, the Alter Rebbe asked, 
How do you make love happen, right? I'm commanding you love that you should cause the love to happen. And the Alter Rebbe asks, how do you cause love to happen? Meditation. And in those same psukim, that same place in Parshas Ekev that Moshe Rabbeinu was telling us that we have to meditate to arouse love, that's when he goes on to say these psukim. Look, look at the psukim that it says. Behold, the heavens belong to God your Lord. Only in your fathers did he delight. You shall circumcise your heart. With seventy souls you descended down to Egypt. Therefore you shall love. Meaning that you see the, that the Psukim are saying, first it talks about how great God is. Behold, the heavens belong to God, your Lord, and your fathers did he delight. It speaks about the greatness of God, the greatness of Tzaddikim. And then Moshe Rabbeinu says, and you should know, no matter how great God is, no matter how awesome he is, and how, you know, some people think that he's so busy with so many things and millions and billions of people in the world. But therefore you shall love because God descended to you into Egypt as he continues to descend now to us, to any Egypt that we're in. Hence, therefore, that's why Moshe, he concluded his words concerning this love, which I command you to do it, to do this love. How do you do it? which is love that is produced in the heart through the understanding and knowledge of matters which inspire love. And this he had commanded previously in the Pasuk, the Pasuk that he says, that these words which I command you on these days should be upon your heart, so that through this meditation you will come to love God as a state in the Sifri on this verse. And so there, therefore the Alter Rebbe says, you see in the Psukim, if you learn through those Psukim in Ekev, you see that Moshe Rabbeinu is pointing out this, this dialectic of the greatness of God on one hand and the lowliness of Egypt and wherever we are on the other hand and saying, I'm commanding you to meditate how much Hashem loves you. And again, like I said before, even if sometimes that might be challenging for us because of our own hangs-ups and hang-ups hang and things, but if we understand that that's what the Torah is saying, that that's how Hashem is telling us how we could make us feel Him more, so we have to believe as much as we believe in God, we believe in Torah. It's like Reb Tzadik from Lublin, he said, just like it's a mitzvah to believe in God, it's a mitzvah to believe in yourself. And that means that a person has to believe, part of believing in yourself is to believe how much Hashem loves you. How much Hashem loves you and that Hashem comes down to you no matter what Egypt you're in, no matter what place you're in, Hashem comes and reaches you over there. Thus, says the Alter Rebbe, thus there can be applied to this second type of love an expression of charge and command, which was the question we were asking, how could you command an emotion? Seemingly, you can't command an emotion. Now the Alter Rebbe answers it, namely, to devote one's heart and mind to matters which stimulate love. 
And that, as I mentioned yesterday from the Baal Shem Tov, is just like Puruvu, just like the Mitzvah Puruvu is not necessarily having the children because that's not up to you, but rather doing the act that brings about children. So too, the Alter Rebbe is saying that the more that one devotes one's heart and mind to matters which stimulate love, that's, that is the mitzvah of Avas Hashem. That's the mitzvah of Yiras Hashem. The meditation itself, whether that's actually born from it, emotions or not, that's not up to you. However, an expression of command and charge, meaning that we could be commanded to have this love of Hashem, but an expression of mitzvah, of commandment, is not at all applicable to the first kind of love, which is a flame that ascends of its own accord, meaning the first type of love, which we said is the love that Sadiqim have, the love that Sadiqim have to Hashem. Remember, we said that that's like a flame. They don't have to be commanded. Their soul automatically, like a flame, goes up to Hashem. They don't need the commandment like we have to be commanded. Furthermore, it is the reward of the tzaddikim to savor of the nature of the world to come in this world. Not only don't they have to be commanded, the opposite. Those people that have these divine experiences that they mamish feel Hashem in their heart and soul without having to work on it at all, it's even considered a type of reward for them in this world that they're tasting a little in this world of their portion in the world to come. And that is the meaning of the verse, I will give you the priesthood as a service of gift as will be explained in its proper place, which is chapter 50 of Tanya, which is here where the altar again alludes to the fact that this is really, that he already, had, that this, is, this should be the first part of Tanya. That what, what did he just say? That that is the meaning of the verse, I will give you the priesthood as a service of a gift. Avedas kuhuna etenes kunas, avedas matona etenes kunaschem, that I'm going to give you as a gift, you're being a Kohen. You're being a Kohen, you're serving Hashem is a gift. How is, how is, what does it mean that Hashem is giving you the gift of serving Hashem? It means that for those people that merit, that are able through, as we mentioned yesterday, being able to arouse that innate love that's within the heart that the tzaddikim have, that's a gift. That's experiencing in this lifetime a taste of the world to come. So, but that's again, that's when a person has the ecstasy and the bliss that comes from love of Hashem when the soul is allowed to be revealed in its innate and its essential Essence, which again, as I mentioned yesterday, we all have that same soul. We all have that same ability in, in the deepest way. But we just don't have necessarily the ability to refine the schus, the merit to be able to refine ourselves so utterly to be able to reveal that part of our soul. To be able to have a portion of the world to come in this world. Oh, so now, once we understood, now the Alter Rebbe basically answered his first question. And as the introduction to Shara Yichud, which is introducing over here, that the reason that we need to meditate on Hashem is because we need to have God in our consciousness. And the more we feel God is based on the more that we allow our consciousness to be meditating on Hashem. So now, the question is, what happens if I'm not able to be constantly doing that? I'm not always able to be meditating. And in, in this day and age, as we mentioned yesterday, it's very hard very often to, do, to meditate and to focus one's thoughts in the proper way. So now the altar says a beautiful idea, which is one of the fundamentals of chassidus. Look, now those who are familiar with the esoteric meaning of scripture, 
know the deeper meaning, the explanation of the verse, Sheva Yipol Tzadik Vekom. For a tzaddik falls seven times and rises up again. A tzaddik falls seven times and rises up again. Now, what's the esoteric meaning of that pasuk? What did the Baal Shem Tov, the Holy Baal Shem Tov, explain about that pasuk? The simple meaning of the pasuk is that even though a tzaddik falls seven times, even so he'll rise up again. Meaning, even though he falls seven times, no matter that how many times he falls, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again and get back up on the horse. And even though he falls, no matter what, he'll get up again. But the Holy Baal Shem Tov taught that there's a much deeper meaning to that Pasuk. And it's not even if a tzaddik falls. It's not even if a tzaddik falls he's eight, seven times, he's able to get up again. But rather, the Baal Shem Tov taught that even a tzaddik has to fall seven times. There's no such thing as just constant ascent in this world until Mashiach comes. The Baal Shem Tov taught the idea, which was very controversial at the time, and those that were Hasidically challenged had a hard time with this because what the Baal Shem Tov essentially taught is that there's no such thing, even a tzaddik, that's not going to have a yurida, that's not going to have a descent, a spiritual descent, a physical, whatever, whatever kind of descent it is. And why is that? Because the way Hashem created the world is like music. Music, if you just have an ever-rising pitch, that's not beautiful music. What's music? There has to be the ups and the downs, and right? How does music work? There's the high parts and the low parts. And so the road to God, the way to keep approaching God, is Sheva Yipol Tzadik. A Tzadik will fall seven times. And seven is means, it doesn't just mean seven, it could be more than seven. Seven means in all the different character traits, in all the different aspects of one's life. One could have many descents, one could fall many times, and yet each time will get up again. There's actually a beautiful teaching about this from Rabbi Yaakov Meir Shechter, who's the, the head of the Breslover Kehila in Yerushalayim. You know, in the Zohar, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, on the day that he passed away on Lag Baomer, which is coming up not too far from now, on the day that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai passed away, it's written in the Idra Zuta, that one of his last things that he ever said was as follows, Bechad Ketira Iskatarna. I was connected with God with one bond. Bechad Ketira. With one bond, with one connection with Hashem, I was always connected with God. Bechad Ketira. So, in, in, in Chabad sources, and in many sources it says, because Rabbi Shimon Baruchai was on such a high level, that he didn't fluctuate. He didn't need to fluctuate. Rabbi Shimon Baruchai who, oh, by the way, I see somebody over here on the screen. We have a picture over here of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai's grave. That's, uh, somebody has that as their screensaver. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai was on such a high level that he never fluctuated. That's how it's written in many sources. He never had to fluctuate at all whatsoever. But Rabbi Yaakov Meir Shechter said a beautiful idea, which is a very Breslov idea. And that is, of course, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai had ups and downs. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai was a human being. 
He might have had a neshama like Moshe Rabbeinu. He had one of the highest souls ever, but he was a human being. And a human being, by definition, has to have fluctuation. A human being can never always remain the same. That's just not human. It's not possible for a human being to always remain exactly the same. But what Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai is saying, by saying, Bechad Ketiras Katarna, that I was bound to God with one bind, with one connection, what he's really saying is that he knows the secret that even during the descent, even during the fluctuation, even in the pits of hell, even in Egypt, I'm still connected to God the same way. We like to think that when I'm feeling spiritual, that when I'm feeling that I'm connected to Hashem, that's when I'm connected to Hashem. But when I'm feeling lousy, I'm feeling down, I'm feeling not spiritual, I'm feeling totally stuffed, so then me and God, I, I'm, I'm so far from God. But that's because we have flesh eyes, and we don't see the esoteric truth of Sheva Yipot Tzadik V'kam, V'amech Kulam Tzadikim, really all Jews are Tzadikim ultimately, and the ultimate truth of Amech Kulam Tzadikim of the entire Jewish people, the ultimate truth is that we are connected to Hashem in one bond, which never stops. Our connection with Hashem never stops, at least from Hashem's perspective. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai was able to also feel it from his perspective. But the bond, as far as Hashem is concerned, Hashem is always coming down to us. Let's see inside. Especially, especially since man is called mobile and not, and not, and not static, which in Hebrew, the altar of the words in Hebrew, Adam Nikra Mahalech Veloy Oimed. Man is called one that walks and not one that stands still. He's referring to a pasuk in Zechariah. He's, he's, what he's referring to is a pasuk that Zechariah had in a, had a nevuah where Hashem said to Zechariah, V'nasati lecha mahalech bein ha'oimdem eila, that he saw himself going among the angels. And the angels are referred to as oimdem, as those that stand in one place. That's why throughout the Tanakh, the angels are always referred to as animals. right? Angels always are referred to as animals because what's an animal? A behemah is ba-ma. In it is what it is. Behemah is ba-ma. In the animal, it is what it is and it can never be anything else. And so angels are the same way. Angels are oimdim. They stand. They're 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 not stat. They're not static. They stand in one place. But a human being is a mahalich, is one that's able to be mobile, and that means in both directions. And says the Alter Rebbe, look what he says. He must ascend from level to level and not remain forever at one plateau. A human being has to be always growing. Every living thing is growing. That's a sign of life is growth. Not to stand at the same plateau. And here comes the punchline. Between one level and the next, before he can reach the higher one, he is in a state of decline from the previous level. And that's the very radical teaching from the Baal Shem Tov, What's called Yerida Tzorech Aliyah. 
which means that any time a person is going to grow more, is going to ascend further, they have to first have a descent. It's like if you want to throw something, you want to throw a ball very high up. How do you, th- how do you throw a ball high? You have to pick your hand back first, right? You pull your hand back. And the further back you pull your hand, the further down you pull your hand, that's how high you could launch it. And so the Baal Shem Tov taught that the same thing applies to us. The same thing applies to us that in order to be able to ascend from one level to another, one has to descend from their previous level. And that's what the Altareb is going to say. What, what, I see somebody wrote falling up. Well, uh, falling in order to be able to go up. The fall doesn't feel like it's going up. The fall feels like a fall. The descent feels like a descent. You know, it's like it's 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 a crummy feeling. It's not a it's not a fun feeling. But that is the only way that one is going to be able to ascend more. And so tomorrow, Mitzvah we're going to finish the well, not tomorrow, Mitzvah on Monday, we're going to finish this introduction where the Alter Rebbe is going to teach us the secret that how even during a state of descent one can still focus themselves to connect to Hashem in a deep way. Because now that we know that we have to descend, the only way to be able to ascend up to a higher level is through the descent, is through the yirida, is through falling. That's the only way that one could then climb to a higher level. So what the Alter is going to say, and that's the punchline of why this is called chinuch koton, educating a child. Because a child means that like no matter what high level you're on, we're all children sometimes. Because as he's saying to us, no matter what level you're on, there's going to be times of descent. And so therefore, what the Alter Rebbe is going to say is that even a tzaddik is going to have to learn the second type of love of Hashem that we need to learn. Even a tzaddik that has this highest level of soul, because even a tzaddik has to descend, they're also going to have to learn how to meditate. And that's going to be the answer to the question that he began the introduction with. And when Mitzvah Shem, we're going to put it all together and finish the introduction on Monday. And then we begin the meat and potatoes of Shari Yichud Vemuna, where we get really into the deeper ideas of God's unity, etc. And Mitzvah Shem will continue on Monday. Any questions, comments, or witticisms? Good question. You, you, yeah. you mentioned the Yerida needs... Yeah. That the wording there is kind of funny. Shouldn't it be Aliyah Tarif Yurida? Like in order to go up, you need to go down. No, no. Or is in, it Yurida? In, he- in grammar and Hebrew, the descent is Tzorech is for the is oh, for the Tzorech. sake. Yurida Tzorech Aliyah. The descent is for the sake of the ascent. Oh, okay, okay. Which is a tremendous chizuk. I mean, a person has to know what kind of... This is an unbelievable chizuk because that means no matter how much a person falls, that means that the ascent, that the aliyah that could come from that is that much greater. That's what the Baal Shem Tov is teaching. Mm-hmm. Also, one more thing. You said earlier that the panim al panim, for people, the way that we, we reflect... People, what we we love people, they reflect back to us. And Hashem's love is to us is greater than any person. Why is it that we don't naturally feel that love for Hashem the way He loves us? It seems like we naturally have a fear, maybe because of our upbringing, 
but we don't naturally have a love, like, even though he loves us so much. It's 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 exactly what you said. We we have to open ourselves up, our minds up to allow to feel that love that Hashem loves us. You're right. It's the fact that naturally we feel scared or that type of year that you're describing or the fear, which is not a real type of year. A real type of year for Hashem is awe, not fear, being afraid. But naturally, we the voices in our head very often dictate the way that we approach God. Unfortunately, and so that's exactly the point the Alter Rebbe is saying that therefore a person has to meditate on God's love for you and not listen to the voices in your head that are saying to you all sorts of other things, negative things. Anyone else? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say, yeah, connect, well, I guess in connection with that, and as well as I believe somebody mentioned yesterday that it's difficult to meditate and it's not always easy to quiet mind um so uh i believe there's a part of the kotzker that he that he asks why does it say that you should place them upon your heart but not that you should put them into your heart i believe the kotzker says that you should put them upon your heart and that if your heart is if your heart is closed so that when it opens up that they should fall inside right that's the that's that, that uh, even if you don't feel that you have that it's pile on you when you meditate or whatever, just the fact that you keep these things in your or on your mind that they eventually have an effect. Yes, that's uh, that's exactly right. The, the Kutzker asked, just to reiterate, that Kutzker asked, why does it say that these things should be alivavecha? They should be on your heart. Seemingly, they should penetrate into your heart. So exactly that's right, that the meditations, these are ideas that we have to keep in our mind as much as possible until and again and again, you know, to proactively think about these things. And again, meditation doesn't just mean when one is davening or one is sitting still, because like we said, sometimes it's very hard to do that. But it means that one has to be having these ideas and opening up your mind to this more and more for those times when you get inspired and your heart opens up to allow those things to fall in. That's correct. Yeah. I actually had a question. Yeah. One I had a question well, just, about just, the meditation. Just a, ha- a half a second, yeah. Someone asked a question if you could explain what you mean, what the Altar Rebbe means when he says meditation, if what he means is contemplation. Yes. So, uh, Did you hear, repeat what I just said? Uh, yeah, my wife is saying that somebody asked, when the Altar Rebbe says meditation, does he mean contemplation? And, and again, this is already getting into semantics in English, but the semantics really matter in theology. And the answer is that 100% yes. That is, the, the contemplation means to be contemplating about concepts. We're not talking about meditation of clearing the mind. That type of, what, what the Piazetzner calls hashkata, silencing the mind, what Buddhist meditation is all about, which is silencing the mind. So that's, that type of meditation is very helpful to be able to silence the mind. But here the Alter is more talking about contemplating ideas. So yeah, that is 100% true. Yes. I'm sorry. So I guess that sort of somewhat answers my question. I was going to ask about meditation and also just I was curious, even if maybe he's not about it, love to know like any insights and it was like a little outside the topic but like any quick thoughts about like like how to connect that to jewish thoughts because i have a lot of like buddhist or eastern type thoughts about it so that that's that's it's 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 way beyond the scope of the of for right now and the tanya habura because 
to, but it's at this point it's important to know that there's two different types when we use the word meditation it is two different things there's the silencing of the mind and coming to a place of complete like giving up of oneself and losing oneself and putting a place in you know n- not being so to speak in control the Alter Rebbe is not talking about losing control of one's thoughts. The Alter Rebbe is very much talking about controlling one's thoughts. That's why he called his movement Chabad. Because Chabad meaning to use your Chachma Bin Adas, to use your cognitive powers, to be able to cause these emotions to happen. So, you know, uh, the, 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 actually in, in Buddhist sources, the um, example that's given is that when you have a lake and the lake has a lot of waves and you throw a rock into the lake, it's just going to clunk and fall into the water. But if it's a still day and the water is still, then even if you throw a pebble into the lake, it's going to make ripples. So the, Tanya is the pebble or the, or the rock or the boulder. So there's the type of meditation that necessitates silencing the mind, which is focusing on the breath, you know, all the different, focusing on the body, mindfulness of body, different things, different aspects, which we know the Piazetzner speaks about for those that are nervous to, to, to just get it from, you know, the fact that the, from Buddhist sources, etc., mindfulness sources, the Piazetzner speaks about the necessity. You see, the Alter Rebbe was already assuming that we know how to silence our mind. The Alter Rebbe is giving you the pebble or giving you the rock for after you've silenced your mind. You know, that's, that's why it's like in, in our sources, it doesn't give that many directives about how to silence the mind because it's assuming like, oh, have Kavan in Shmona Esrei. You know, you don't even need these meditations of Tanya. Let's talk about Shmona Esrei. Chazal say, have Kavan in Shmona Esrei. They don't tell you, you know, they say, clear your mind of all things of this world and just think about God. But they don't go at length to tell you how to clear your mind. That one has to learn how to meditate. And that's what, you know, what what today is very much known as mindfulness meditation and those type of things. What the Alter Rebbe is talking about is that once you've cleared your mind, these are ideas about God to then put into the mind. You understand? Okay, anyone else? Oh, we have a comment. In Kuntras HaTfila, Rebbe Hashanah, Oh, that's right. The Rebbe Hashanah, also in Kuntras HaTfila, in chapter 11, he does talk about it. That in order to be able to, to put in these ideas into the mind, the mind has to be silenced from other things first. So that's definitely true. I just wanted to ask a more technical thing, but in the second meditation... When we're talking about the greatness, the the altar of is teaching up the psukh in there and devarim, the greatness of Hashem, and then ultimately how that causes us to love Hashem because He's coming down to us in Mitzrayim. What's the shayfus of this? Of you shall circumcise. It seems to be like a non sequitur. Where does that fit? <coughs> the, meaning, circumcising your heart. He's talking about circumcising your heart. I understand, but what's I'm saying? Where does that the, the, the psukh in there are talking about? You know, the heavens belong to Hashem and the greatness of the tzaddikim, of the others. And then where does that f- meaning we're going from the greatness of Hashem to our lowliness? And, and then Moshe says, and now how are you going to circumcise your heart? 
by meditating that even though you went down to Egypt and no matter how low you are, Hashem is still coming to you in your place. Okay, got it. Got it? Okay. Thank you. Okay. Shkoyach, everyone. We'll see everyone on Monday, Mitzvah Shem.